Hi, I'm Samuel Broden, an advocate for all things childhood, and welcome to Honoring Childhood, the podcast, where we have candid and casual conversations on childhood. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Honoring Childhood, the podcast. Now, I know that it's been some time since y'all heard from me, but I'm definitely very excited to be here with my very, very good friend, Kisa. Hi, Kisa. How are you? Hey, Samuel. Good to finally talk to you again. Yes, we're so, so excited. Um, yeah. So why don't you just take a minute and tell everyone who you are, what you do, where you're from, just a little bit about you. Okay. Well, my name is Kisa Marks, and I have a small childcare community in Oak Park, Illinois. But And I usually introduce myself from the lens of a provider. But for this episode, I think it's best to introduce myself from a lens of who I am and where I'm from. So I'm from the south side of Chicago. I grew up there and lived until I was 13. I have um, a twin sister, two brothers, and um, my husband is also from the south side. So my view of life to a certain point came from the inner city public school Mm -hmm. system. And um, the daughter of a gay man. And so my lens is based on that for it. this episode. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <clears throat> yeah, that's definitely so important um, just to think about, I think, in general, but especially talking uh, today, we're going to be talking all about advocacy um, in early childhood, how we can advocate for children, how our lived experiences can support that or things that we need to work through to get to that point for the children. And I think that it is really important for us to really kind of dive a little bit deeper into like what our lived experiences actually meant. Um, I feel like a lot of times people think about their childhood as either like, yeah, it was really great or yeah, it was really horrible. But Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people spend a lot of time like really digging down and thinking like, how have those experiences like really shaped who I am or, or are there experiences that maybe I need to do a little bit more kind of that, that shadow work, that kind of self-reflection to kind of get to the space that, that we want, we want to be at for these children. Um, Yeah. So when you think of the word advocacy, when we're talking about childhood and children, what, what do you think of? Well, I think about what you were saying and how, it's really nuanced, right? So everybody, you either get through your bad pockets and get through your good pockets. And then for survival's sake, you compartmentalize everything. Mm -hmm. But where it plays a critical role in any type of educator space or provider space is something triggers those little pockets. And if you're not Mm -hmm. aware of those pockets, it'll mess you up and it'll mess the kid up that you're caring for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's such an interesting thing, too, that I've actually seen, like, a few people have been talking about lately. It's just that idea of, like, so many things in our practice with children are going to trigger us, right? Absolutely. So many Mm -hmm. things that the children do or say or that the families do or say um, can be really triggering to us just based on those lived experiences that we have. And if if we haven't taken that time to really, you know, dive deeper into... 
what those experiences were, um, how they really made us feel at the time, how they make us feel now. Um, mm-hmm. Even just as an adult, thinking about those experiences with like a different kind of, um, just more experience under our belts kind of makes yeah. us think a little bit differently as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that's super important because there are going to be so many things that happen during the day that we may not we may not even understand why they trigger something in us. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, we're going to respond off of those triggers, and a lot of times, responding off of that isn't going to give you the 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 best reaction or the best solution to the problem. Um, the one we know to give, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> we won't give it. I can't give it. <laughs> Hello. And it's all those things coming back, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, I talk a lot about that kind of self-reflection piece in, in our work and how important that is. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, for me specifically, just thinking back, I, I did a lot of work um, just on myself trying to think back in my childhood think about what things happened or didn't happen, what I could have used, what would have helped me kind of on my my journey of, of discovering who I am, you know, and mm-hmm. I mean, it takes a long time, you know, it, I, I'm 36 years old now, and it's mm-hmm. only been a few years that I've been like, completely, like, at peace with things that have happened in my past and what that yeah. has brought me to now and just at peace with who I am as as a gay man and, and being mm-hmm. proud of that. Um, mm-hmm. So it definitely, it's, it's definitely not for the weak hearted no. people to do no. this type of, <clears throat> type of work to go back because mm-hmm. if on one hand you're saying like, oh, I, you know, I had, I had a really great childhood. It was great, you know. Mm-hmm. Then if you dig, you dig a little bit deeper, you might realize that some of the things that you thought were fine or normal or good, you think as an adult with new lived experience, mm-hmm. that <laughs> actually wasn't the best or, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and mm-hmm. so it's definitely very interesting. And I think for me lately, I've really noticed how, how much those experiences in my childhood have carried with me and how much mm-hmm. it is a part of how I behave now, how I respond now, and not just with children, right? Just in life in general as well. Mm -hmm. It comes out Mm -hmm. in, you know, my relationship with Perry, with my husband, Mm -hmm. right? It comes out with my relationship with my friends. It comes out with, Mm -hmm. you know, all these different things. Um, And so I think for me, it's, it's always been about that for me. You know, it's always been about, you know, starting in this field and starting working with kids, I just wanted to give something that I didn't have. When I started in the field, I didn't really know what that was, I feel like now. No. It was just no. in my head, like, <clears throat> I want to give children something really great. I want to give them something that I didn't have, uh, you know, growing up as, as a queer person. But now that I've, you know, been working in the field for quite some time and gone through so many different things, like, I really realized, like, wow, I had no idea what that entailed when I started working with children right Mm -hmm. and now it's to the point where i've thought about those experiences and i've thought about what i've needed and i'm working really hard at at giving those things to children and then encouraging other adults to give those things to children too right just Mm -hmm. to really just to help children not have to go through the same experiences that we went through Mm -hmm. um 
trying to dissect those um, those experiences, trying to figure out what they meant, trying to figure out how to work through them. Um, all this work that we that we're doing, right? It's something that, while I think it's great and super important, it's also something that I don't really know if I want all these children to have to do in in twenty five or thirty years, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's just about doing that self reflection, thinking about this probably wasn't the best thing for me. It would have been better maybe if the adults in my life tried this. So maybe I'll try this and see if yeah. I can give something better better to the children. Yeah, yeah, I, I dig that. Um, I don't know if you do like the yearly journal prompts or you write a word. Um, mm. I'm big on that. And one yeah. of my words was blind spot. And oh. the reason why is because so you grew up with working out your situations and I grew up um, with a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. And so the big things, you know, to work on. Right. And it takes like you said, it's, it's an ongoing practice and you work on it, work on it, work on it. You know, this will show up somewhere down the line is as you uh, mature. Mm-hmm. But the little things that you've packed away, you're not aware of and you don't know. It's like a, a landmine. You just yep. walk into yep. it and those are the things that cause the most damage, not the big stuff that you know mm-hmm. is there. It's the little, little bitty things. And um, as you self-reflect, you'll be able to see it. And when I think of early education, I think about it's healing work for the provider and the mm-hmm. child. The mm-hmm. more that I do for that child and I'm who they needed or who I needed, then I give them the firsthand healing but I heal those wounds in myself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm always aware because once we heal all our mess, then we can start to give them what they need Exactly. because what they need is not what I need. Exactly. So exactly. we have to take care exactly. of that first. And I love that word blindsided because when you were mm-hmm. talking about that, it really made me think because it's like, it is, you know, there are those big things that were like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know I need to work through that. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My dad left. Yeah, you know, this mm-hmm. happened, like all those things. I know those are the big mm-hmm. things, right? And I'm like, yeah, okay, I really want to make mm-hmm. sure I work on, on those issues, right? But then mm-hmm. I think you're right. It's those smaller things that maybe we don't even realize. And it has happened in like the last year where I'll just be doing Same. something or in conversation with, with Perry or in conversation with somebody and I'll be like, damn, where did that come from? And yep. I'll be like, oh. You feel it's a visceral thing, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I didn't mm-hmm. guess that that's the list of things I need to to work mm-hmm. to work yep <laughs> um, so no that that is such a great word and I love how mm-hmm. you talked about being able to really heal and work on yourself before you can give those things to the children or before you can kind of help them through that because that's mm-hmm. that's what that's that's what people say all the time right you know work on yourself mm-hmm. first you know mm-hmm. put, put your oxygen mask on first like all those types yeah. of things right um because if you haven't done that work then how are you going to be able to work through those instances where you are triggered right yeah how are you going to be able to work through those times when a child does something that ruffles your feathers or <clears throat> a parent or a family member says something to a child that triggers you right because uh-huh. um, that that can happen a lot 
a lot. Um, mm-hmm. so like, <laughs> like all, yeah, seriously. Like mm-hmm. when I, sometimes when I hear like the way that the parents talk to the children or the way that their family members say something or anything like that, it really, mm-hmm. it really kind of throw you off. Right. Yeah. But if you've done that work or you're in the process of doing that work, I think that it, it opens your mind a little bit more to kind of understand, okay, <clears throat> I see what's going on. I hear what's going on. I know that this has nothing to do with me. Yes. This, this is not about me, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I can use my lived experiences and what I've worked mm-hmm. through myself to offer some kind of support or offer some kind of encouragement of like, you can work through these things too. We can work through these things together. We can figure these yeah. things out together, right? Because again, mm-hmm. that wasn't really something, at least for me, that I really ever had, right? Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. like, if you're upset about something, you're not upset, basically. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you deal with it and you don't talk to people about it and you don't ask people for help or you don't, you know, all of those things. Um, that, 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 yep. <laughs> that kind of lead to this. Mm-hmm. It's just very toxic, right? And and it mm-hmm. leads to all of the adults that we see now in the world who um, can, can't express themselves or mm-hmm. um, just can't connect on like a deeper level because they weren't allowed to show emotion or feeling or yeah. any of those things. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just think it's really important for us to be able to understand kind of what our life has been and what it's mm-hmm. brought us to, and how we can just offer spaces for children that are safe. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the biggest thing, right? Safe and not just safe, like physically safe, mm-hmm. safe, just like in terms of like, you are safe as a whole person here with yeah. me, right? Emotionally, um, physically, mentally. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Because when you think back, a lot of times those weren't spaces that that we had, right? Especially in kind of education spaces, right? Because you kind of go from your home where, you know, your experiences are happening and you're going through things, but you can't speak about it. You just do what you're told and it's kind of how it works. Then you go to school and you're also not allowed to do to talk about anything or do anything other than what you're supposed to sit and do. Right? So it's mm-hmm. just a cycle of mm-hmm. like, hey, you're dealing with a whole bunch of shit right now and you have mm-hmm. nowhere that you can like really talk about it. Um, and so I think just being able to create those spaces, but then being able to advocate for those spaces, um, yeah. especially with other adults that you're working with or the families of the children who maybe haven't worked out their, um, their background, their lived experiences yes. maybe upset that you're creating a space for their children where they're allowed to speak up and they're allowed to kind of do all these things that we're talking about. We have and to they're blindsided that. because they might not have the tools. And so they're exactly. like, what? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or maybe mm-hmm. the fact that we're offering these things for their children mm-hmm. is triggering for them because yep. they didn't have that and they don't know how to deal with that. Right. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's what I think about when I think about advocating in our work, right? We're advocating mm-hmm. for those spaces for the children. We're advocating for 
just creating spaces where children can feel safe. But then I also feel like we're advocating for the families as well, because they are looking to us to not only, you know, support them in, you know, the development of their child, but these are important things that we've learned about ourselves. And I'm the kind of person where if I'm learning something really valuable for my Mm -hmm. life that I think can really help somebody else, I'm going to want to at least share some sort of idea about that right and so if we're creating spaces for children the families are seeing these spaces too and we're also creating spaces for them as well right because mm-hmm. we've created a, a a collective a community you know in our program mm-hmm. that includes the families um and so i think that even when families may be triggered by things that are going on in your classroom um whether it's you know you're allowing them to kind of speak their minds or or talk about their emotions or whether I'm letting all the boys wear dresses, whatever it is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Them, right? That is an opportunity for that kind of work. That's an opportunity yeah. for that self-reflection that mm-hmm. we can, we can be advocates for, for the adults as well. Mm-hmm. And we can have compassion mm-hmm. because if our, if we haven't healed our stuff and that little advocate in us is like screaming, as soon as we're triggered, Mm-hmm. We're no longer advocating for the kid. Yep. We're now advocating for ourselves. Okay, yes. But if we've healed that, then we can have compassion for the person doing it and mm-hmm. just give it from the kid's point of view. You know mm-hmm. how it feels to not be seen or heard. So mm-hmm. I can make the parents aware that, oh, you know, such and such is trying to say blah, blah, right. blah. Is that right? You know, mm-hmm. give them the space. And then I'm mm-hmm. modeling, listen. You know, exactly. without saying, you know, wagging my finger and saying, yeah. you should listen to your kid. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because that's going to be triggering, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 so true. And mm-hmm. I love that example of just kind of being able to intervene a little bit when we're seeing mm-hmm. situations like that, where we're seeing like, mm-hmm. okay, I know that I never really was supported or encouraged to speak up for myself. I see mm-hmm. this child is trying to do the same thing, and I see mm-hmm. that their parent or their family member is not receptive to that. So mm-hmm. what can I do to help give them the things that I need to write? All of those things are things that go through our head in like the two seconds that we're watching yes. the situation, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I think that that is such an important piece for us, obviously, but then also for mm-hmm. the child to see somebody that they look up to, right? Somebody mm-hmm. that they like you know, they're with us all day long. Right. And they're like, Oh man, Mr. Samuel's like helping me to like, yeah, yeah. like all those things. Right. It gives mm-hmm. them that kind of self-confidence and that's going to, you know, lead them to have, you know, a better view of themselves. And then when the families are seeing us do that and, you know, it might trigger them and that's okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's because okay. okay. we're doing what we're supposed I, to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a big misconception around a lot of things in early childhood is mm-hmm. I feel like we talk about, we talk about all this stuff. Like, you know, we give the children these wonderful spaces. We let them be who they are. We let them express themselves. We let them do this. And a lot of times it can feel very, we can get down on ourselves a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. If we feel like we haven't done it exactly right. Or we feel like we haven't done it perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And that's mm -hmm. the misconception, I think, is that none of this is going to be perfect and none of it has to be perfect, right? Nope. And I think for the families as well, because I feel like sometimes that could be a little bit triggering when they're seeing another adult create a quote-unquote better relationship with their child than they are, right? Mm -hmm. They can automatically feel triggered. They can feel less than. They can feel like they're doing something wrong. And I think that that's a piece of the advocacy, too, that we can talk with the families about yeah. where no, we're all doing work together. Like we're all doing mm -hmm. this work together. And like, girl, I am a mess too. Like, but I yes. <laughs> work, you know, we can all do this together. And that's, I think like a really great way that we can support the families and then also mm -hmm. kind of strengthen that connection that they have um, between their home and, and our program as well. Yeah. I try to say to my clients when I'm doing that, like if, if the parent is cognizant enough to say, oh, that really sucks. I can't do that. Or I didn't know that. I didn't think that. Uh -huh. Then I'll say, I didn't either when my kids were little. But guess uh -huh. what? My youngest child is 20. My oldest child just turned 25 years old. And then I've done this for 13 years. Mm -hmm. With not your one baby, you right. know, hundreds of children. Practice, mm -hmm. practice, practice. And guess what? I still make mistakes. Made Whoa. a mistake yesterday. Made 10 Whoa. yesterday. So, yes, <laughs> so then yes. that gives them perspective. There is no perfect. Mm -hmm. No one's ever going to get it right because we have mm -hmm. our own mess that we're carrying around with us. Exactly. So um, I, I am thinking of a um, situation that happened with a baby. And um, they were sick, like 80% well. Mm -hmm no fever so well enough to come to school yeah. and they're just really temperamental and just had a rough day so mm -hmm. i was explaining to the mom i was like you know hey uh, such and such had a rough day you know i don't think they were a hundred percent so i'm explaining what happened and before the parent leaves they say well go over to miss kisa and apologize mm. for not listening, not following directions, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And so the child walks over and their eyes fills with tears. And I say very clearly, and mm -hmm. you have to do none of that. Right. You don't owe me any apology for having a bad day. We all have bad days. Hello. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then I, I said, can I give you a hug? And uh -huh. I gave him a hug. So I'm modeling, like, I think as educators, you know, we're supposed to see them, hear them, and value them. Mm -hmm. One fell swoop, I did all three. Mm -hmm. I know you had a bad day. I recognize you had a bad day. And I still love you through that bad day. Mm -hmm. And even though your mom, from her point of view, thinks that you owe me an apology, I'm uh -huh. telling you, you don't. Right. So and it's so important that we do that. Yes. And that is so interesting because, number one, her... <laughs> The response of or the thought process of, oh, man, I I didn't know that or I made a mistake or this. Mm -hmm. The negative feelings that come with that is such a – something that has been instilled in us since childhood. It right? is. Mm -hmm. mistake, right? Mm -hmm. You have to know everything. You should you be ashamed to. of yourself. That exactly. always comes up. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so that's mm -hmm. part of this work, too, and it's like – no, it's, no. <laughs> all of us start. All of us started somewhere. None of us know everything. We still don't know mm -hmm. everything, right? But we're doing mm -hmm. the work, and so I think that that's really interesting because I think that that's a trigger too. And then, mm -hmm. you know, her saying like "go apologize," you know, that's another thing that mm -hmm. is 
coming from experiences that we had as children, right? Because that was what we were supposed to do. Like, Mm -hmm. God forbid we, quote, make any adult upset. Now we owe them this because, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's so interesting that not only that you said that to the child and you gave them all of those things, but Mm -hmm. that you were able to do it in a space where their parent was also there, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. which could go, I mean, the parent could say nothing and just go on, but then later be thinking about like, huh, I wonder what that, why she did that that way. Or they could just flat out say like, oh, wow, like, what do you mean he doesn't have to apologize? Or what do you mean she doesn't have to Mm -hmm. do this? Or what do you mean, you know? And that Mm -hmm. kind of opens that up because all those little things that you, those two things right there, feeling like Mm -hmm. you need to be perfect and feeling like you need to apologize for something are things that you probably don't think about that come Mm -hmm. from those experiences that we've had that have Mm -hmm. made our lives not as positive as they could be, right? Mm -hmm. When we're going through those things and we're thinking that way, you know, that's why, you know, we're going through toxic relationships, whether it's with a partner or a friend, right? We're not able to speak up for ourselves. We feel like we owe people all of these things, right? That you really are not going to understand how much it affects your life unless you do that work on yourself. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you right now that ish is not easy. No, like, it it's is, so hard. It's very, it's so very hard, hard because mm-hmm. it really just, it kind of just shines a light on a deeper way on things that happened in our childhood that we weren't really able to grasp or understand as children. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be, that could end up being like, oh, wow, maybe my childhood wasn't as great as I thought, but now I understand a little bit more why. And I see that, you know, maybe this was just the best that we could do. Or maybe it's mm-hmm. going to be like, wow, my childhood was actually really, really awful. And I need to take some steps to like take myself away from those people or that situation. Right. It's, mm-hmm. and, th- and that's hard because yeah. number one, there's not a lot of us out here doing that work on ourselves, right? Yeah. So when we start And it's doing, a lot of educators. <laughs> hello. hello. Yeah. When we start doing that work on ourselves and it leads mm-hmm. us to make decisions mm-hmm. um, like, I'm going to take a step away from this because I've learned that this cycle and this process is toxic and it's not healthy yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. You say that to somebody in your family that has not done any work on themselves and it's it's the end. They <laughs> yeah. all are about to fight outside, mm-hmm. right? That's just mm-hmm. not so that is difficult because mm-hmm. we have these things inside of us where it's like family is family. It doesn't matter what happens, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what happened in your childhood. Like you have to stay, stick by these people, you have to do this. Yeah. And so breaking those cycles is very, very difficult, but mm-hmm. it's all about thinking ahead. It's all yeah. about thinking ahead, right? Because we're not going to be here forever, mm-hmm. but I would like to leave the children that I have or the children that I've worked with. I would like to leave, the, leave them with tools that mm-hmm. can maybe just help them a little bit more than it helped me, right? Yeah. But it's it's hard and that's okay. That's another mm-hmm. one of those things, right? Yeah. It's okay if it's tough. It's okay if it makes you really upset. It's okay if you can't take all those steps right now, right? It's mm-hmm. okay if it takes you time. All of these things that we never heard as children, mm-hmm. right? It's okay. Yeah. 
Like, it's okay mm-hmm. to feel this way. It's okay to do mm-hmm. this. You know, those things weren't things that, that a lot of us heard. And so yeah. I think that it's important that we are modeling those things for the children. Um, I think it's important that we're recognizing things that can trigger us yeah. and, and, and how we respond to those, right? Because yeah. um, responding to a trigger before doing any work on yourself and responding to a trigger after is, is quite a different experience. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's important. And then by doing that work, we're modeling that for the children as well, right? We're talking them through things if something is happening that's triggering you know like it's okay to be like i need to take a step away from this for a minute because i don't i don't know how i'm feeling about this and i don't know how to respond and i want to make sure that we can move forward in a positive and kind way so i'm going to take a step and try to think through things a little bit more right yeah letting a kid hear you say that is such a powerful thing Mm -hmm. um because they they don't hear that right they don't (laughs) They don't hear that. It's always just reactive, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just think that it's really important for us to be able to recognize those things and be able to be open and honest with ourselves yeah. and with the kids. And for all the years that I have my, had my own business and being a parent, I didn't a parent of young people, little people, I didn't realize how important that was. Mm-hmm. Um. And just through recently, you know, I found out about that I might have had some super duper toxic positivity traits. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm always happy. Oh, it doesn't bother me. Oh, it doesn't, you know. Yep. Yep. Uh, oh, I can suck that up. Oh, I can take that. But I'm human. And what am I modeling to these people if I just keep taking it, taking it, taking exactly. it, taking it? You know how, how young people are like, I eat those. No, I didn't. Yes. It's still sitting yes. right here. That's cycle, right? It's that cycle. Yeah. Like, that's what you're supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. You're supposed mm-hmm. to be happy. You're supposed to just take yeah. it. You're supposed to just mm-hmm. deal with it on your own. Figure it out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so so many and yeah like the like you know younger people nowadays like Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of times that's something where it's like no i you know but it's like that's so that is not that's not good like that's not it's not not yeah it's not Mm -hmm. not human it's not human nature Mm -hmm. to do those things um and so i think that just by recognizing those things and then being able to like share that with the children Mm -hmm. and give them that space they're going to grow and they're going to go through their life with more tools and language for it than we had. And exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's what the whole goal is for me, at least. Mm -hmm. Right. I like Mm -hmm. literally, I don't really care about if they learn what letters are, what letters and what numbers are, what numbers, because all that is not a bit. They're going to know all that, but Mm -hmm. it's important for me in the small amount of time that I have these children to give them as many tools as I possibly can um, mm-hmm. to help them through things, to help them figure things out, to help them just navigate their space in this very, very strange world that we're living in. And yeah. just, yeah, just give them something that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's hard too, because they're with us for a small amount of time. And then it's kind of like when they're done with us, one of those things where it's like okay um 
you're in your head, you're thinking like, God, I really hope that something that I said or did is really going to stick with you. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of the, the bittersweetness of the work that we do, I think is mm -hmm. trusting that the things that we've instilled in them are going to carry them forward, but then also knowing in the back of our mind that we probably will never know um, yeah. is it's a very interesting feeling to have um, mm -hmm. for sure. I, I think when I work with the babies, I, um, and I say babies, even though I keep children up to six years old, but they're babies to me. <laughs> um, I try to leave them with something sensory mm -hmm. so that you may not remember me, my mm -hmm. name, but you remember how I made you feel. Yes. So whether it's a touch or a conversation or something that we keep repeating that makes us laugh. I want you to be able to retain that. So if you're walking down the street and you smell something or and you have yeah. a fond feeling, you know, yeah. you may not remember where it came from, mm -hmm. but I guarantee it's me. <laughs> so. yes. yes, I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. And that's such a beautiful thing to just know because mm -hmm. we know those things happen, right? Because yeah. you even saying that just now mm -hmm. made me realize or made me think about <laughs> This is so random, but whenever I, <laughs> whenever I smell celery, yep. it like makes me, yep. take me back to mm -hmm. my younger days in yep. these like early education classrooms. But I don't remember anything mm -hmm. else about that. Nope. It just takes me back. And it's like, I don't really care for eating celery, but mm -hmm. it makes me feel good yeah. to smell it because it takes, it takes that back. Right. Yeah. So we know that that's something that happens. And mm -hmm. so it's kind of a beautiful thing to think about it in the way that you just described, because it's like, mm -hmm. I know that's going to happen one day. I know, I know it is. I had it yesterday. I See? opened a box of crayons and I instantly thought of kindergarten, like yes. <laughs> yes. that was sitting in my garage because of that smell. Yep. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. I love that so much. Um, well, this was great. Um, yeah. Always a great conversation with you. Um, why don't you tell everyone where they can find out more about you, where they can follow you? Um, you can find me at uh, Kid Crew Adventures, Adventures on Instagram, or I am creating a website now. So it's yes. Kid Crew Adventures. I don't know. <laughs> you could take that out. I don't know. I don't know the whole name. <laughs> no, but Kid no. Crew Adventures um, uh, on Instagram is the best way to contact me. Yes, please go and follow Kisa if you're not following her already. She's amazing. Um, she's you. such a great friend of mine. And thank you so much for coming on our show. Um, I really, really appreciate everything that you have to say and everything that you bring just not only to the field, but just everything that you bring to my life. And so I'm really glad that we were able to connect in this way. So thank you so much. Thank you. I feel exactly the same. Before you cut off, I just want to say this. When I found your podcast... Yes. I was like, this is my best friend. Oh, I did not know you, <laughs> but I was like, I, I have it. to know this person. So I yeah. love it. I'm uh, glad that we're doing it. this now. I love it so much. Well, thank yeah. you so much. And thank everyone no for listening. Um, be sure to uh, subscribe, follow us wherever you get your podcasts and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Honoring Childhood, the podcast, is produced and edited by Samuel Broden, owned and operated by Honoring Childhood, part of the Broden brand.